Go please to Romans, the 12th chapter. We begun uh, some weeks back on a series we're calling The Perfect Will of God. The Perfect Will of God. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm getting stirred up on this even more and more the further we go. Oh, this is, uh, this is something. Uh, we'll, we'll get into some things right now today. You know, I, the cook, uh, tastes things as they're, as they're cooking before they serve it. And so, uh, I've already tasted this and it's good. It's good. Romans 12 and 1. Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, or some translations say your spiritual worship. Worship is not just standing with your hands raised going, I worship you, Lord. Worship is living for God. Worship is your life given to Him. And um, uh, put verse 1 up again, if you would, please, that um, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. Notice this word acceptable. We're going to see that again just in a couple of verses. Verse 2, be not conformed to this world. Now, anytime the, the word tells you don't do this, don't assume there's not a danger there. He wouldn't tell you if it wasn't a danger. If you don't make an effort not to be conformed, you will be. So everybody said out loud, don't be conformed to this world. Now, um, we, we use the term sometimes peer pressure. And that's exactly what he's talking about here. Because how is something formed? From pressure. And he said, don't be conformed to, we could say, to the same mold as the worldly, ungodly folks. Don't allow peer pressure, pressure around you, to cause you to talk, live, think, just like the ungodly, unsaved world is. You're supposed to be different. Right? Markedly different. That will result in persecution. Which is why many allow themselves to be conformed. Because they don't want to deal with any persecution. But Jesus hung on the cross and endured the cross, suffering the shame in front of everybody for you and me. So I think we can stand up for him. Is that right? On the job, in the marketplace. I don't mean being, you know, uh, harsh and in, in getting in people's face. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about you are not ashamed of the Lord. And who you are and what you have. And you will tell anybody, anywhere, in a nice way, I'm a believer. Oh, you're one of them. I'm one of the chief ones <laughs> of one of them. <laughs> yes, I am a 
Bible-toting, note-taking, tongue-talking, healing-believing, abundance-believing. Oh, you're one of them. Yes, yes, I am. And happy about it. You should be, too. If you're not one of them, you, you're not having all the fun you could be having. But keep, keep going to the next verse here. He said, uh, uh, with that verse, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there's a contrast here. The unsaved, unbelieving world They are not doing God's will. They don't care about God's will. They don't want to know God's will. They're not asking. They're not seeking. And they're not doing it. But the way you keep from being just caught up in the current of ungodly unbelief and being just like everybody else in in the unbelieving world is by the renewing of your mind. That will transform you into someone, something different than the ungodly. And the results of your mind being renewed is you are able to discern, distinguish what's the will of God. And that that reveals you're getting to know him. If you know what somebody's will is... How do you, how did you find that out? You find out what they like, what they don't like, what they love, what they hate, what they value and honor, what they despise, what they want to happen and what they don't want to happen. That means you know something about them. You have had some kind of contact with them to find that out. And especially when you know for yourself from them, it's no longer hearsay. It's not secondhand. You know. This is, this is their will. This is not their will. People get to know you. They, they would know what you want and what you don't want. You get to know God. You begin to find out what he wants and what he does not want. And it's obvious by, by the way many people talk. They don't know him very well. Or they wouldn't, they wouldn't talk about, well, this might be the will of God. Some kind of destruction. Some kind of stealing and killing and destroying. Well, we don't know why that happened, but it must be the, the will of God. Well, no, you don't know him. I didn't say you're not saved. But see, uh, babies that are, that are, you know, young infants and babies, they are part of the family. Their parents love them. But they don't know the will of mother and father. They're not even aware of their likes and dislikes. You have to grow up some to, to begin to learn that. So you're not going to be conformed to the world. You're going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind to the end that you can prove and distinguish what is the good and acceptable and perfect or complete will of God. Listen to some other verses along this line in Ephesians. In fact, you can turn there if you want to. But Ephesians 5, 
Yeah, go ahead and turn there. Ephesians 5.15. He said, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Next verse. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. 17. Wherefore be you not unwise. He brings that up again about being wise or a fool. Don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. There are two big errors, uh, deceptions, lies that people believe about the will of God. I'm including a lot of church people. One is that everything that happens is somehow the will of God. That's a big lie that a lot of people believe. There's all kind of things happening down here that are not the will of God. Secondly, is that the will of God is so mysterious, you can't understand it. Well, what about this verse? Don't be unwise, but what? Understanding what the will of the Lord is. Does that mean I can understand the will of God for my life? It not only means I can, I'm, the Lord expects me to. Don't be a fool. Don't be unwise. So if I'm not going to be unwise, I would be wise. And here's what I want to get into today, today, and I believe that we should. You can't separate the plan of God from the wisdom of God. You can't separate the two. They are intertwined. Uh, there are three words that you'll find that, that are connected with this knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Say it out loud. Knowledge, knowledge understanding, understanding, and wisdom. Now you'll find a lot about this in the book of Proverbs. And if you haven't uh, read Proverbs, do it immediately this week. If you hadn't read it in a while, go back and you don't have to read the whole thing at once necessarily, depending on how you do it, but read a part of it because it's something the Spirit of God, I believe, is talking to Faith Life Church about right now. Yeah. Uh, I won't take time to go into all three of these for time's sake, but what is knowledge? What is knowledge? Let me ask you this. If I just asked you a question, you know, um, we just went to airplane school. And I said, uh, do you know what to do if your engine catches on fire on the plane? And what would you say? Well, then you don't have that knowledge. Is that right? If you said, I don't know. If you found out about it, then you could say what? Yeah, I know. So you either know or you don't know, you're either aware of it or you're not aware of it. This is not something you can't, un- can't understand, which is my next word. <laughs> Understanding. Uh, if I said, do you know this? You could say, I either do know it or I don't know it. And once it's been revealed to you and you find out about it, then now you know it. The second one here is Understanding. Understanding. If uh, 
if I said, you know, do you drive a car? You said, yeah. Is it an automatic transmission? Yeah. Do you understand what happens when you put it in D? <laughs> the transmission I'm talking about. Do you understand what parts are moving and uh, what the fluid does and the torque converter and et cetera, et cetera? And I, I see some people going, yeah. Well, <laughs> you are rare. <laughs> You must have been around somebody that knows how to build a transmission. Because, wow, there are parts and parts and parts and parts. But uh, uh, many of you would say what? Do you, do you understand? Do you know what happens when you put it in D? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what happens. Right? It'll go forward now. Do you understand how it's doing that? Uh-uh. You just know it does. Can you see the difference between knowledge and, and understanding? In fact, the word understanding, one of the um, uh, the Greek words that's translated that, it means to put together, to comprehend or to put together. And um, understanding is such a wonderful thing. You know, you uh, and the further you go with things, the more understanding you gain. When you first start out in something... Uh, you don't have a clue, but then you learn more and learn more. One of the things that I am so enjoying about the ministry is uh, I've been, Phyllis and I have been doing this now for, for 40 years, and um, some of the things that the Lord showed me 40 years ago, I'm beginning to see how it fits with this and how it connects to that and, and, and putting it together. Anybody know what I mean by putting it together? That means you understand. You're, you're putting it together. And so that, that's something the Lord gives us. Uh, the, the phrase is used that he opened their understanding. Hallelujah. That means prior to that, they, their mind and eyes were closed. They didn't see it. They didn't understand it, but the Lord opens your understanding and you go, oh, this fits with this. Yeah. And this goes here and this, yeah. yeah. Not only do you know about it, you understand it. Yeah. And then the third one is wisdom. And oh, my, my, my. The wisdom of God is with one of the greatest eternal treasures in the universe. I mean it is something. Money cannot buy. It is something that no human being can generate. The wisdom of God. The, the scripture said. It's better than money. It's better than rubies. It's better than weapons of war. It's, what do you mean? It, it's better than, than power. What do you mean? The wisdom of God. Why? Because your father is sitting on the throne of glory. He knows the end from the beginning. Mm. Nobody else knows that. Nobody else. And by his spirit, he will lead and guide you and I into all the truth and even show us things to come. Hallelujah. 
You're not going to become omniscient. You're not going to see everything, but you can get pieces. You can, you and I can get parts of it. That's why even in the manifestations of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, the the three revelation manifestations are word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. And notice it didn't say page of wisdom. <laughs> Or even sentence of wisdom. What, what did it say? Word. Word. A word is a fragmentary part. And there are numerous reasons why the Lord doesn't give us over excessive amount of this. Uh, one thing, I think it would absolutely blow the top of our head off <laughs> to see the whole thing. And then also, you wouldn't have to walk by faith if you saw it all. And how it's coming. And where it's going to wind up. But God sees this. And knows this. And the spirit of God is the spirit of wisdom. Go with me if you would to Isaiah the 11th chapter. I'm going to give you one of my personal secrets. Huh? That I use personally on a regular basis. Whatever I need to do. This is coupled with New Testament scriptures numerous. We'll we'll see it in just a moment. But Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11 and 1. This is a prophecy about Jesus. So there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. A branch shall grow out of his roots. Uh... Jesus' prophecies about him, many of them started with the son of David. And David was the son of Jesse. Keep going. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest on him. Now this is the text that Jesus personally applied to himself from Isaiah 61. And we have reason to believe that he used it numerous times during these three and a half years of ministry on the earth that he had. He would say, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me. And then he would go on to talk about what that anointing uh, would do. So much so that as he's preaching, people wanted to touch him. Why? Why would they want to touch him? Because... They're hearing about the anointing that's on him and what that anointing will do. And so here's another part of that. The the Spirit of the Lord is on me. And among other things, uh, uh, recovery of sight to the blind, deliverance to the captives, etc., etc. There in in Luke 4 and, and Isaiah 61. But this is part of it too. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The Spirit of wisdom. And understanding. The spirit of counsel. And might. The spirit of knowledge. And of the fear of the Lord. Keep going. And shall make him. Of quick understanding. In the fear of the Lord. He'll not judge after the sight of his eyes. Neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness. Shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth? 
I won't go through the rest of it. But let me say, well, that, that's talking about Jesus. It is. It's also talking about you. Say what? Say what? Say what? You are in him. And he is in you. And the, the New Testament tells us, first, don't turn there, but 1 Corinthians 1, stay, stay where you are in Isaiah 11. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, Of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Just like you didn't earn uh, righteousness, it's a gift then you don't deserve and you don't generate uh, wisdom, and yet Jesus has been made your righteousness. And he also has been made your wisdom. Oh, somebody ought to be glad they came to church this morning. The wisdom of God is one of the most precious, valuable things. It's eternal In the entire universe, there's nothing that compares to it as far as useful to function. Because the wisdom of God includes what to do. What to do and how it's going to wind up and turn out. Now, you're not done when you find that out. What do you mean? You also need to find, you need knowledge to go with that. What do you mean? Okay, you know what to do. And you have a glimpse of where it's going. Not the whole picture, but a glimpse and how it's going to wind up. You've got some wisdom from God. Now you need to know uh, who, where. Come on, are you all with me? You need to know some things. And then finally, you need to know how. That's understanding. You need to know how to do it. And you got to watch about filling any of the blanks in by yourself. Many times, people have sought God and found out what? And went ahead and filled in the who, where, and how themselves. And botched it up. And was frustrated. Well, I, I thought I heard from God. You did. But you didn't stay long enough to get the rest of it. Did you hear that, that phrase? What is that good and acceptable and what? Perfect. That word perfect means complete. If there's a complete, there's also a incomplete or a partial. And so the problems come in when you don't have any of the plan of God. You're just doing your own thing. And then even if you do get part of the plan of God, then you wind up only partially successful and partially blessed. Because God cannot put his full approval on your hybrid plan. It can only be partial. He can only bless and confirm and approve. Because how can he say, okay, 
your plan's just as good as mine. We would, with how little we know, how could that ever be possible? And it's also, he can't confirm. If we're ignoring him, that's disrespect. If we know what he said, but we decide to do anything, something else anyway, that's disobedience. How can he put his blessing on that? Or confirm that or, or give favor to the, he can't. He can't. So if you want the full measure of grace and provision and blessing and help, it's got to be the full plan of God. Can you see that, friends? Go back to Isaiah, if you would. This, uh, you know, like I said, we were we were in flight school this week, and I spoke this over myself several times. And uh, any time that I'm dealing with something that's a, a challenge, especially a challenge, and I'm tempted to say, uh, this is hard, or I don't know, or I don't know if I can get this, I bite my lip. Are y'all away? Yes, sir. Young guys in school, you need to be listening real close right now. College age. Come on, y'all with me? You need to be listening real closely to this. What do I say? Put it up again. Isaiah 11, 2. Say it out loud. I'm going to lead you in the confession. Say it out loud. The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. The spirit of wisdom and understanding is on me. You like that? The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Can you see this covers it all? Knowledge and understanding and wisdom, counsel, might. It's all there. Notice this last phrase here. And of the fear of the Lord. That is key to the whole thing. What do you mean, Brother Keith? It's right here above the the platform. What do you mean? Those that honor me. I will honor. What is the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord. (laughs) Somebody... Took my next verse. I just heard it. Uh, hold your place here. Go over to the book of Proverbs. Is this okay? Yes, Proverbs 1. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. Hallelujah. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. Is on me. The spirit of counsel and might. Now you, there'll be times you'll be tempted to say, I, I just can't get that. Shut your mouth. I'm telling you, friend, shut your mouth. I just, I, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. Exactly. Which is why you need to be saying this. So that you can get the understanding that you need. 
I guess, you know, I, I never was good at school and, and I'm getting old and I'm just not as, as sharp as I used to. And you go to church where? <laughs> you, I taught you better than that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we treat that like foul language around here. We don't talk that way. Hmm? When you say, I can't, you already lost us. Because the Bible didn't say you can't. It said, I can, I can do all things. Now don't, don't stop there. Through Christ, I can't do it just of myself, but I'm not by myself. He's with me. He's in me. He's for me. And with his help, I can do anything I need to do. With his wisdom and understanding and grace and and him adding knowledge to me, I can understand anything I need to understand. I can get anything. I can learn anything. You, child of God, are made in the image of the Almighty. There is no limit to what you can learn. There is no limit. You are an eternal spirit being. Your mind is not your brain. You are not limited to a mass of gray matter. That's just the physical organ your mind functions through. Your mind is a part of your eternal being and its capacity is like God's. Oh, I don't know if you heard that or not. Huh? Why? That, that, that wasn't my decision. He chose to make us in His likeness and in His image. And then make unto us Christ as wisdom and give us the mind of Christ. Now the devil is all the time trying to work you to say something out of your mouth that's going to limit your understanding, your mental and, and solical uh, abilities. Because he knows if he can get you to shoot yourself in the foot to speak, so to speak, then, then you'll be limited. You'll be self-limited. And so that's why it's so popular to say all these things about, well, I, I get, no, it's just not my area. I don't know. I've always been bad at that. And I'm just slow on that. I don't know. I, I was no good at that in school. And no, I, I hate that. And I just, if you need to do it, quit saying all that stuff and begin to say, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he makes me of quick understanding. <laughs> By the end of the week, me and Mike were clicking in there. Well, is that right, Mike? We, we're getting pretty sharp. Boop, 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 boop. Missed the mountain. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> Didn't we? <laughs> One mountain we skimmed over, what was it, 80 feet? 80 feet? That's how much we missed it. But hey, a miss is a miss. Is that right? Did not die. <laughs> but uh, if you begin to say, I just can't. That's just too hard for me. I, You know, I, I never got a college degree or I, I never did this or did that. You are letting the enemy play you like a rented banjo. <laughs> Which is abusively. And you, you're letting yourself be limited. And notice the rest of that. Put, put that up, Isaiah 11, and then uh, 3. He will make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. He'll not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of ears. If you're not judging by your senses, you're not walking by sight. Huh? Then how are you being led? If you're not being led by what you see and what you hear and just your sensory, not taking your sensory knowledge and making a decision based on that, you're making a decision based on the leading of the Lord, who is the spirit of wisdom and understanding and counsel and might. And the result of that is that you judge right. Oh, I don't know if you got that or not. Come on, come on. What did he say? Not after the seeing of your eyes, not after the hearing of your ears. What did the verse say? But you judge uh, with righteousness shall he judge. Now, there's a whole lot more that we won't get into there. But the word righteousness, you can you can just pare it down. That's King James to write. And there's this is a lot bigger than the aspect we're talking about right now, but. This is how you get things right. How you make the right choice, the right judgment. Are we still talking about the will of God? We are. You can't separate finding and fulfilling the will of God without the Spirit of God's continual guidance showing you what God wants you to do, showing you where and with whom, showing you how, every step of the way, but he needs your and my cooperation. He needs our cooperation. It doesn't happen just independently of us the way millions of church-going people think it does. What do you mean? Millions of good church-going people They think the will of God for their life is going to happen regardless of what they do or don't do. And so then that whatever happens must have been the will of God. And this is absolutely not the word, not the Bible, not true. You're you're there in Proverbs. Proverbs 1-7 says the fear of the Lord. Is the beginning of knowledge. We might say that's where it starts. But fools do what? Despise wisdom and instruction. Now despise 
is the opposite of honor. The word honor means to esteem, and we get our word estimate from that, or to value. And so the fear of the Lord would be the opposite of the despising. Why are fools fools? Because they don't value wisdom. They don't value instruction. The beginning of you and I finding the will of God for our lives. The very How do you get started? The beginning. You respect God. You respect what he knows. You value his wisdom. His knowledge. His understanding. His plan. And when you do, when you do that genuinely from your heart, you are already, uh, being enlightened. It's already going on. And the further you go with him, it's progressive. You will get more and more light, knowledge, understanding, wisdom. You'll go further and further into the will of God. And if you keep doing it, you'll wind up completely in the will of God with his full approval and full grace and full help and full blessing. Can you say amen? Amen. But the psalmist said in a couple of places, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Well, how much more disrespectful can you be to God than to say, you don't exist. So there's nothing for me to find out. I don't have to think about the will of God. There is no God. That is a fool. Hmm? And people will find out as soon as they breathe their last. No matter what they thought or believed, they're going to find out how it really is. But will it be too late for many? Look with me in the ninth chapter of Proverbs. Proverbs 9. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. And I, I get things right. Students, are you listening or not? Yeah. Students? Huh? How do you pass tests? You get things right. You get it wrong, you don't pass the test. How do you get it right? You, you want the Lord's help. Say it out loud. He makes me of quick understanding. I want you to turn and look at somebody and say, I'm quick. See, that's, that's where we got this for our children. Anybody with children? You ever heard them come in and say, I'm quick, I'm sharp, I'm bright. Huh? That's where we got that. That's not just a, a goofy saying. It's from Isaiah 11 and other places to put all that together. I'm, I'm quick, quick. The enemy wants you to confess over yourself how dull you are and how slow you are. And your words affect you more than anyone else's words. I, and that's a big statement. More than anyone else's. I can say how amazing you are and you can say I'm not. Well, it won't be my words that carry. It'll be your words that limit. So we want to agree with God. 
And if he says his spirit's on us and in us, then that's what we say. And if he says Christ has been made unto us wisdom, that's what we, we say. If he says we have the mind of Christ, that's the anointed mind. That's what we say. I'm not talking about your brain. He said mind. Somebody say, I have the mind of Christ. I have the anointed mind. The Spirit of God is on me and in me. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding and counsel and might. And He makes me of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. Now, that's our part. We must not miss that part. Or you forfeit the, the other parts. In the ninth chapter, Proverbs 9, 9. Give instruction to a wise man and what will happen. Let me, let me say it like this. He, will, he or she will appreciate it. They will value it. Even if it's corrective. Even if it corrects something. A wise person will recognize that's good instruction. That's that. Even though I might have thought this other thing for 40 years, no, I see that. That's right. So I'm changing. That's a wise person. A fool will get mad and tell you to mind your own business. And verse 10, the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy... Is understanding. Just knowing about a holy thing, your understanding comes up immediately. Just finding out about it. Because you learned something that is God. And when you learn something that is God, it helps you contrast with what is not God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of of wisdom and knowledge of the holy is understanding for by me uh, wisdom and the knowledge of the holy understanding your days will be multiplied the years of your life will be increased well that wouldn't be if you were doing your own plan and not God's plan how ca- how can the years of your life be increased and your days multiplied Well, you're doing the plan of God. He can prosper you. He can keep you. He can sustain you. Right? Do you need an overhaul? He can give you an overhaul so you can finish doing His will and His plan. But He's not obligated to support you financially and confirm everything, every harebrained scheme that you, you or I just come up with off the top of our our head. Huh? <laughs> thank you, Lord. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your wisdom, for your understanding, for your grace, for your truth. Oh, hallelujah. Just thank him for just a moment. Just lift your hands where you are and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your truth and help. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He makes me of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. The beginning of wisdom and the beginning of holy knowledge, real knowledge of the holy, which is understanding, is the fear or reverence of God. The more we acknowledge Him, the more we, by faith, acknowledge the superiority of His knowledge, His plan, His ways, His things, that's how you get started in yourself becoming wise with the wisdom of God, how you respect it. The Bible is a closed book to those who despise it. I don't care how brilliant they imagine themselves to be. It's a closed book. What do you mean? God does not cast his pearls before swine. He does not give that which is holy to the dogs like he told us. The, the scripture says um, not, to, not to give your wisdom, I'm paraphrasing, to fools because they will despise your wisdom. Well, God doesn't operate differently from how he tells us to operate. When you find that somebody does not value what you're saying, you should stop talking. Is everybody awake? Hmm? The less they value what you're saying, the less you should say. Now, that is not how a lot of people function and operate. But it is how God operates. Hmm? And people who say, well, I never hear from God. You, you just told off on yourself. You don't respect him enough. You don't seek him enough. Because he's faithful. And if he knew you really appreciated what he had to say to you. And you really wanted to hear what he had to say to you. And you were really willing to do what he told you to do. You're going to hear all kind of things. Hmm? It's going to be like somebody opened up the faucet. But you can, you know, you can fool other people, but you can't fool him. He looks through everything and sees the heart. And he knows if you want to hear him or you don't. And sadly, billions of people on the planet don't want to hear him. That is one of the saddest things there is. They don't want to know his plan. They don't care. Even if they heard some of it, some of them have heard part of it, and they despised it. They got their own plan. They don't want to hear it. And so they won't hear anything else. Maybe their whole life. And they'll die, and they'll realize they never found and, and did the plan of God. And, they, and, and then they'll finally realize why it was so hard. It is dissatisfying when you're not doing God's will. It is frustrating. It is laborious, hard. So God is faithful, but we have a part. In Proverbs 2, 
Proverbs 2. I'm starting to close. I think. Proverbs 2, 1. He's talking about wisdom. The wisdom of God. He said, uh, my son, if you'll receive my words and hide my commandments with you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yea, if you cry after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hid treasures, then... Shall you understand the fear of the Lord and you'll find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. I want you to notice there's some action words here. Huh? Incline. Apply. Cry. Lift up the voice. Seek. Search. The plan of God and the wisdom of God does not just fall on us automatically. You gotta want it. You gotta look for it. You gotta search for it. You gotta want it more than a new car. You gotta want it more than a big contract and making money. You gotta want it more than the success of your business or, come on, are you with me or not? What, what, what do you want? You got to want to please God. You gotta want it. And so if you really love God and you want to please God, then you gotta find out what He wants you to do. And faith believes He's a good God, He wants me to know. Right? And faith believes the word of God. I I don't have to be a fool and unwise. I can find and understand what the will of the Lord is. I don't have to be conformed to this ignorant world that don't care about God. I'm transformed by the renewing of of my mind. And I can distinguish what is his will, what's not his will. I want you to look at it again. Incline, if you incline your ear to wisdom... What does that mean, incline? Come on, somebody do this. What do you mean? God, I want to hear you. I want to hear what you are saying to me, what you want to say to me. I want, come on, say it out loud. I want to hear it, Lord. I want, I want to hear it. And what else do you do? Apply. Somebody say apply. Who's going to do that for you? Is God going to incline your ear or apply your heart? No. If you don't do it, if I don't do it, it won't be done. Apply your heart uh, to understanding. What does that mean? Wait, you think about it. You look at it. Do you want to understand this? You know? Uh, like I said, I, I keep saying it because it was just happening, what, yesterday or the day before. Uh, Mike and I wanted to understand how to fly this plane when it was in trouble. So we're reading books. We're studying. We're reviewing. We're asking questions. We didn't just say, well, whatever. If we make it, we make it. If we don't, we don't. No, I want to understand how to get ourselves out of a jam. 
Right? Do you want to understand what the will of God is where you apply your heart? You focus on it. What's the, and these next things are, 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 are so clear. If you do what? Seek her. her. Her is referring to wisdom and understanding. If you seek wisdom like silver and search for wisdom and understanding as for hid treasures. Now, people will go to great lengths to find $20 million on the bottom of the ocean. Won't they? Oh, man, will they look? Will they search? Or it was buried out somewhere or whatever. I mean, they will look and look. If they're convinced it's there and they can find it, they will go to great lengths. Searching. Seeking. Somebody say seeking. Seeking. Searching. Didn't the Lord say, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they will be filled. Didn't he say, ask, it'll be given to you. Seek, you'll find. Knock, it'll be open to you. That doesn't mean you just lay around and wait for God to decide to give it to you. Oh, I hope you're awake, child of God. Do you see what a big mistake a lot of the church is making? They're thinking, well, you know, the will of God's going to happen. No matter what you do or what I do, not true. You can live your whole life and completely miss God's plan for your life. Because you didn't care enough to want to find it. That's the world's way. Somebody say, I'm not going to be conformed to the world. I'm going to find the will of God for my life. I'm going to do the will of God for my life. Hallelujah. And you can count on, you can count on God. He knows when you mean business. He knows it. And when you quit playing games and you're serious about wanting to know it and you call on Him with all your heart, He will hear you. He will answer you. He will show you. How many believe it? He is a faithful God. He's not trying to hide it from you. He just has to wait until people really want to know it. Oh, that's why he's wasting his time and effort. I want to know it. Every good thing that has happened in Phyllis in my life and the ministry, I mean the churches, the ministries, everything, that's how it happened. We, we said, Lord, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? And then begin to seek him. And you got to be open. You got to be flexible. And you got uh, one of the worst enemies to the plan of God is your plan. Yes. And the enemy's got a plan for you too. Yes. You certainly don't want that one. But he he knows if you if you're serious, and he'll show you. He won't show you the whole thing. He'll show you a step. Yeah. And he'll take faith. Yeah. Yeah. But then one thing will lead to another, will lead to another, and his plan is grand. His plan is bigger than you imagined. It's better than you imagined, and you can do it. By the greater one who's inside you, you can find it, you can follow it, you can fulfill it. Somebody say, I can, I can, I can do the will of God for my life. Stand on your feet, everybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say, praise God, praise God, praise God. Praise God. 